We are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Today's show is a bit different. Why? Because this interview has been a year in the making. The story was so compelling and we had so much information. It's taken a long time to finally put it all together. In the over two years of hosting In the Weeds, I've interviewed hundreds of people who have told their compelling stories about the role cannabis has played in their lives. Many claim that cannabis has saved their life or at least changed their lives. In today's In the Weeds, you'll hear me talking to a guy from Maine who not only had weed change his life, it's now his livelihood as a caregiver. His name is Pete Tranchmontaine from the great state of Maine. Everyone knows him as Uncle Pete. He's a caregiver by definition, and that means a person who provides direct care to another person. In the world of cannabis, the definition is a bit different, but the premise is the same. And Uncle Pete, he lives it every day. I know I've had serious health issues. I know I'm sick. Um, I know I'm lucky to be able to walk. But if you can't laugh at that, you will dwell on it and you will not get any further in life. So f that. Okay, so there's a little adult language in this and that's a pretty healthy attitude if you think about it for Pete Tranchmontaine from Sanford, Maine. And how he got there is quite a story. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for marijuana. Um, one of the only, not the only ones, but one of the few that I know that's alive using heavy doses of THC um, and keeping my pancreas and liver. Keeping parts of those organs was an adventure unto itself that started back in 1986 when Pete was just 19. I was living in New York City. Imagine coming from Sanford, Maine, living in New York City. Time of your life. I got a really good job fixing jet bridges that go on airplanes. So we flew all over the place. And uh, one day I drank a glass of water out of my uh, queen's apartment because it's water and there was an emergency flight and this is hilarious everything's always hilarious to me i had one of those old scarface beepers that would like digital with the red red on it i thought i was cool it was for work i wasn't a drug dealer but it was so badass and it went off and it was my first one and it was an emergency for an airline and uh so they had a ghost crew waiting for me at jfk because it was another passenger jet then uh, um the jet bridge sorry i'm high the jet bridge was stuck so it's like $100,000 back in 1987, you know, uh, an hour. So they, I got there, they shot me, shot me to uh, Cincinnati airport. And I remember on the plane, um, the stewardess, she was really cool because it was just us. It was a ghost crew. Uh, Do you want a beer? And I'm, no way, because station managers, I'm 19. And she poured me a glass of water. And I remember it. And it turns out that they never dumped the tanks when they landed because it was an emergency flight. They just fueled up and got me to... Cincinnati, I drank water from Egypt. So New York City water in Egypt caused a biological germ warfare. And uh, I went from 200 pounds, you know, making 90 grand a year back then, living it up, my company paying all my bills, to uh, just throwing up every day. And, and, and like every time I'd eat and dysentery, and it's crazy to even talk, but it really happened. I, I lost a uh, almost a hundred pounds in, in uh, two months and I went home and my mom thought I was on drugs and uh, she tricked me to go to the doctor and uh, that saved my life. They, they induced me into an, a coma and uh, oh it's crazy. I was in a coma at Maine Medical from January. What year was this? In 1986 
And then they woke me up in February basically to say goodbye and give my consent to, to have my organs operated on to try to save me. And uh, I appreciate it. That hospital's awesome. So go Maine Medical. Um, I've been there a few times myself. Oh, they saved my ass. I saw all of them. Um, but a long story shorter. Uh, not happening with you, Pete. Just not happening. We're going to be here a while. So I went under like an eight-hour surgery. They, they like did that, whatever that surgery is called for a live autopsy. They had to get every, every uh, digestive organ. And they found out like I, I poisoned my system drinking water. It wasn't even a cool story. Like we got shit faced, you know. We ate something bad. There was none of that. It was no moonshine. Water. It was water. And uh, and we always knew back then. Don't drink Mexican water. They didn't say nothing about New York water or, or a plane, you know. So so you had uh, a transplant. Did this? So what happened was I lost. Uh, let me see if I can get this straight. I lost a. A quarter of my uh, liver, and then I lost a third of my pancreas, and because it was so infected, because I ended up getting a staph infection, and everything, yeah, and I had no idea what it was. And uh, next thing I know, they induced me in a coma. They let the the swelling go down in the fight, and it didn't work. So they had to open me up, and they literally had to seal me with grommets. You know how they t and, and you know so they could sew me up. I was so sick, and I woke up in April. And it took so long to come out of it, and everything was different, you know. You kid, instead of f you, you know. <laughs> um, you just second lease on life will do that, right? Oh, oh, if that, if you know, you're right. There was a second lease lease on life, you know. I always had a chip on my shoulder for divorced kid, pissed, and to uh, to go through something like that, you know. It's awesome. Sorry, um, I usually don't talk about this uh, at all. So, excuse me, um, but I never have to apologize for your own story. Uncle Pete's gets even more amazing when you consider the next life-changing moment that happened in 1998. Once again, another workplace accident. Uh, well, I got tossed off a forklift at, at a warehouse and uh, I shattered T2 through C2. And also T8 is gone, which is your diaphragm. So for the rest of my life, it's like a nightmare. Some, if I move wrong, I can't breathe. You go through that. Um, and the pain from all the spasms, um, it's stroke material. So I'm not supposed to use my arms. I'm, not just, I'm really a medical marijuana patient. There's, even though I say we grow awesome cannabis, <laughs> it's really my wife, my daughter-in-law, and my son. Because I can't transplant, I can't feel my fingers. There's no, I don't do any paperwork here. I can't do it. I'm totally 100% disabled. Like so many people who have suffered a severe injury, Western medicine doctors prescribed a pain clinic. And you know what that means? Opioids to kill the pain. So I'm supposed to be paralyzed from here down. And again, I don't talk about this. So this is where this isn't a pity party. Um, I needed to hear this story because I'd heard it from other people and I just needed to hear it from you. Can you imagine waking up from neck surgery after 215, 16 pounds, stronger than anybody, right? Working out all the time, hitting home runs in softball, left-handed, laughing my ass off. Oh, honey, look at this and jacking one, you know? Laughing to telling you you can only lift a, um, a glass of milk or, or a half a gallon of milk for the rest of my life. Um, I had a gym downstairs people worked out in. I didn't know what to do. and. And I was always blue collar. And so I had to find myself and I couldn't do it through a pain clinic. And uh, I tried. <laughs> and the pain clinic for about 
18 months almost ruined my life. Uh, madly in love with my wife, wanted a divorce. I wanted a divorce. And she's like, shut up. And she knew it was the pills. And uh, I was just an asshole on it. And one of my little leaguers, all grown up, came over and he said, hey, you should smoke this pot. And uh, I, you know, How old were you when this happened? Uh, I, I got my, my uh, medal 98? in 98, and so all that time from 98 on, I would smoke pot. And uh, so I wouldn't throw up from, the, from here, from the, from the pain. From take your pick of what the reason is. So I, can't take, so I can't take narcotics, but he said I could. So for two years I did, and it was bad, throwing up blood, living pancreas ready to shut down. Um, so I got all pissed off, and I told them I was all done taking their meds. Well, all of a sudden my wife comes home from work, she's crying telling me you didn't throw all those out right and I was just ready to and I had a whole cupboard full I'm pissed I'm like I'm done and she goes yeah I'm okay I'll support you smoking pot I, that'll help you but they called me and said you will die if you don't swing yourself off all this meds that was never that was never on the cards when I went to this pain clinic okay that was bullshit little fine prints that you can't I don't like this but you got to wean it it took almost 45 days for the amount of, amount of Oxycontin or whatever they're called, um, all the heavy, heavy, heavy opioids, and uh, f that, you know? I didn't, and so the funniest thing that set me off where I was telling everybody to get f***ed and I'm not taking this anymore, I answered the telephone. And remember my joke, I'll know you're not a telemarketer about my last name? I was so out of it on pills, a fucking telemarketer called. I'm human, okay? And when they called, they asked me, how do I pronounce my name? And I was telling them, and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm done. And that's what snapped me out of taking the narcotics. I didn't want to, I was out of it, you know? And, and I got duped by a telemarketer, you know? Come on. So and that was the trigger you stopped. That was the trigger where I stopped and my wife came home and we got it a plan with the doctors to wean off after 45 days. And I used cannabis the whole time, so I was done in 30. And uh, I've been on cannabis the whole time. Um, I, you know, it saved your life. I heard you say it. Yes, it did. Um, I'm a real medical patient. I got Social Security the first time. I don't know too many people that do. Um, Social Security disability. They told me to go to a pain clinic. Um, so, you know, we're going to try to change the world, protect medical. I think rec should be in every state, you know. And but but the medical and the scientists. Let's let's. Uh, if it's keeping me alive, and I'm not a doctor, I flunked science class twice. I got kicked out. So, the what? The world's going to hold on my ass to do this. So I'm surrounding myself with scientists, doctors, lawyers, um, people that can really put their foot down now and make a difference. Because there's no, there's no medical reason why I'm alive. Considering all that, Uncle Pete is now dedicated to changing other people's lives through cannabis care. His Uncle Pete's Relief family ranch and farm grows it, manufactures it, and of course sells it. Best of all, he's surrounded by his family who take care of Uncle Pete's relief business when Uncle Pete is taking care of fellow patients. Okay, if you don't want to, you don't have to, hon. But when you get here, I'll take care of you, okay? I, I definitely believe in CBD. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it straight, straight solo use with children and adults that have uh, grand mal seizures, epileptic. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, it works. Right. Um, people that have uh, joint pains, injuries that need like an aspirin boost, it really works. I mean, it, there's no sugar coat in it. Right. Um, I find with high pain tolerance patients, um, I had a lady call last night um, and her husband came down because it was CBD, so he brought it for her. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually a CBD elixir and it's from Maine. It's a full spectrum like the Rick Simpson oil, but a yep. CBD. Yep. And you can, it's a one ounce, you know, and there's a droppers. And so she just wants to feel better. And so for this example, I'm having to take a full dropper full three times a day and to call me when the ball is done to see if she sees any improvement at all, a anything at all. Mm -hmm. and, if, and if there is any improvement, if it's a home run, great, we stay with this, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's not a home run, but it's there, mm -hmm. then we'll boost it up to a THC CBD elixir. And then now we're adding THC to it, just like what we said. Right. And, and we'll go from there. We'll see, we'll see how, how she feels, yeah. what's happening to her. Um, she, she'll get a doctor's note before she does the THC. She already said if this is the route, she'll do this. Yeah. Um, so we're just working with someone to right. make her feel better. Giving his patients the opportunity to feel better with cannabis drives this caregiver. But that's not all. He's also a champion political advocate for cannabis. Uncle Pete wanted to make sure no one who was on an organ donor list was denied receiving that life-saving organ because they had used cannabis. That was actually a law in Maine until Uncle Pete and some of his friends got to work on changing all that. So what was happening is people were getting kicked off the, the transplant list. We had to go behind the scenes and meet every state senator, every, every representative that would just listen to us. And by the time they're done, they're crying because they know if they don't support this bill, someone's dying. And so there was really no holding back. Because we did all these um, yes on one, you know, I'm voting, I'm voting yes, um, because we believed in it. We didn't want anybody um, to die, and we couldn't say it online like, you dummies, you have to vote for this. If you smoke pot, you have to vote for this. And we couldn't say any of that. So we're like, I'm voting yes, we're protecting medical, and we had, to, we had to change it. We had to change the law. And so when that guy told me I was wrong and we weren't in the greatest of medical programs, uh, I, it was nauseating. So we had to do 18 months behind the scenes to meet um, Deborah Sanderson, Senator Brakey, Representative Sanderson, uh, Senator Brakey. Uh, they did so much. Um, so many people, it's hard to list them all. Catherine and Glenn Lewis, they're real growers. Um, they do a lot for Maine. Uh, Paul McCarrier does a lot. Um, and we just joined forces. so so we could change this law. And they had no idea, no one knew, that if you got sick, you could not get an organ. But it's not like they're gonna advertise it, you know? Um, and, and for Maine medical side, you were right at first. You were technically right with the data you have. You did not want to waste an organ. A human life is way too precious. So when this all came out that we couldn't get organs, well, it's Maine. Everybody's like, well, screw this. I'm pulling my medical card. No. What happens if, if you're in the same car with your son or daughter and everybody gets killed but one and you're all related and you can give those organs but you're all pissed and you killed the organ donor thing because you could give them out, you just couldn't receive them. So I had to go in Augusta and beg people not to kill their organ donor cards. And yes, they're right and we are too. And I had them call every legislator in the state and it was really good at us, the Civic Center. 
call every legislator. We had the phone numbers and it was a big stage. And I said, tell them we're going to vote every one of them fuckers out. And they shit. And they realized like little old ladies are calling, little old men, people retired, people working, doctors, lawyers, professionals, media, um, people from out of state, um, scientists that were real, that I knew, I knew this was right, that medical staying. If, uh, if medical marijuana is in the mainstream, the human lifespan will increase by 10 years, easy. Well, only time and more research will tell if that's true. Uncle Pete's life has been saved and changed for decades, but now he's living his best life in Maine, surrounded by his family during this historic time. So since 1999, the state of Maine voted for um, cannabis for medical marijuana, mm -hmm. or, or they call it marijuana or whatever they want to call it. I'm just happy we can be a part of this industry. Um, so I wasn't in the industry back then. Um, I had a neck injury, and so throughout the years of understanding the damage I have, um, cannabis is helping, I was looking into it. In 2010, I looked into getting my medical card because the voters, a referendum in 2009 allowed caregivers, uh, mom and pop growers that could tailor uh, medicine just to you. Um, dispensaries are out there, but there were waiting lines um, there was like rations and uh, nah, this is Maine, you know, we can figure it out. Uh, I went to a caregiver and it was awesome. Um, I like to say his name, it's Fred Kessler and uh, you helped save my life, buddy. Um, really good man. He came to deliver one day because one of my problems is my arms go numb and I can't use them for, for a spinal cord injury. Um, so I was going nowhere, just sitting at a table with the arms kind of coming back to life for a couple days. And he kept asking me, do you own this house? Cause he delivered some cannabis to me. It was upsetting, you know, of course, stoners can have uh, houses. And uh, he started laughing. And that was my first conversation to uh, become a main caregiver. He felt I'd be very good for the program and for the industry. Um, nice man. And so I looked into it. Uh, I had him come over to tell my wife. My wife is, uh, you know, a five-foot little beauty, but she's a big woman in stature. And she's like, we're not drug dealers. And she gave him the rundown one side or the other. And uh, when she realized that this was a, a brand new industry, that we could do this legally, then that was the game changer, because she saw how sick I was. And uh, that's what started Uncle Pete's, you know, just from a caregiver delivering to me when I was sick. and. Uh, and now you're giving back yes, to I, others. So we found the legal yes the legal framework that is existing in the state of Maine. Well, the legal framework was fragile, right? And uh, like there was no tax code for caregivers. That's a kiss of death. No matter how long you think you're going, there's just no future. And um, there wasn't any more uh, dispensary licenses in Maine. There were four, four uh, dispensary licenses with uh, uh, I believe eight stores or whatever it was. It's just not enough for the state of Maine. Um, so we realized there was no tax code for caregivers that was done. So we worked very hard with our attorney, um, Revad Lamb Associates in Maine to work with Maine State Revenue to see what should be done, not what could be done, but what has to be done. And it, and it worked. We have, we have tax codes now for caregivers. And um, that was really important to 
to my wife coming on, coming on as Uncle Pete's relief and her patience, and same with my son and my daughter-in-law for the Tranch Ranch. You, you can't just do this half-ass whether you're sick or not. You have to do it right. Right. If you're so, gonna run a business. You're gonna run a business. There was no business structure for this. Right. And uh, then we were seeing the dispensaries, and I'm sticking up for you guys. You guys are getting screwed. You were hammered on every aspect and regulations which you should have, and they were really lackadaisical here, and. Um, the majority of the caregivers are awesome. And uh, most of them weeded out that were terrible, but there was no regulations for the terrible ones. Mm -hmm. So we'd all kind of police it ourselves and call them out, but that's not really how you run an industry. Um, this is like the greatest community in the country, this, this, this green community in Maine, it's awesome. The way life should be or the way buds should be? The way buds should be, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so if I walk in, uh, I make an appointment with you. Yes, you have to. Uh, in our city ordinance, you have to always have a scheduled appointment, mm -hmm. and uh, rightfully so, because we're not public. We're, we're, you know, you have to have appointment only. Right. Um, and that's where you can get the better care. Instead of four or five people coming in here, and maybe you just had, like we talked about earlier, that, that unimaginable doctor's visit where you're just horrified. You don't need a public building with tie-dyes and, and the music and people just coming in uh, to feel better, uh, to medicate and then go, go out and raise hell. You're, you're going to a place to possibly extend your life or to at least make yourself comfortable for the end of it. And, and so that's the difference between medical and rec. We don't try to... Um, as you buy your medicine that you need that we find out, because there's so many different ways, right. from Rick Simpson oil capsules um, to tinctures, and we'll go over all the differences, but there's literally hundreds of ways to dispense. You right. know, there really is. So I walk in, I've got chronic pain, I've got my card. Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. I do have my Massachusetts card, which, by the way, is perfectly legal to use in the state of Maine now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and right. that's so before this, you would have to get permission from your state and my state for $50 for 90 days. Right. So for us to do a sale, I, I take your driver's license valid, I take yep. your, main, uh, your Massachusetts state card, yep. and then we do a designation form after uh, okay. for your privacy. Yep. And then you, can, then you can come in. So for 15 days, you're allowed two and a half ounces and wow. I believe when wow. biotracking comes in, they'll keep track of you through the whole state, which is fine. Regulations, tracking, keeping meticulous records for patients are all part of what this caregiver in Maine is all about. So how many square feet do you have? The whole house is 42. Yeah, but with the growing. Oh, under a thousand. You stay under a thousand, yeah, to be efficient. Under a thousand square feet and you're able to... All my grows are, yeah, combined under a thousand on purpose. The message that we continue to come back to is this is medicine. Yes. Everybody has a different effect with the medicine. Yes. And everybody is different because everybody's endocannabinoid system is different. Yes. Uh, everybody's tolerance to THC is going to be different if they decide to take THC at all. Do we have CBD only capsules too? We can, we can offer those CBD only capsules. So what's capsules. happening is you, you're actually a compounder. 
you know, you know the old days of compounding medicine? Mm -hmm. where they used to make their own little aspirins and whatever yes. the heck, right? So you do the same thing. I'm telling the lady that makes these what, what I'm going on. If you right. come in here and we de design them just for you, right. um, we, will, we will tailor them made for you. And if they're too strong or they're not strong enough, we'll increase or decrease. Right. And just kind of find out where you can function back in society and not be a drone. Right. Uh, and not be in pain because of what disabled you in the first place, right. you know? It's so there's an individualized it has Yes, it is. And it's a very, it, you have to be very responsible to do this. You don't have a right to burn a joint wherever you want just because it's legal. Right. Um, or it's actually yeah. illegal to burn a joint in public in Massachusetts. Yep. Even though for 80 years, even during Prohibition, plenty of people burned joints in public in Massachusetts. Not that I was around all 80 years. But you get what I'm saying. Might have helped to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, sometimes you just uh, you have to be responsible and do the right thing. Uh, the Freedom Rally was a perfect example. Right. We all smoked. You know, I know I speaking for myself. I smoked uh, one or two joints there, back to back, and had a great time seeing all my friends. Right. Uh, it, it's the it's the way for commodity, knowing that we were right. We weren't wrong. We did this wrong. We did everything right, and we all still have the businesses and we can just see each other and just just kind of reflect, you know? It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, it's a new normal. So yeah. in, in Massachusetts, um, what are they gonna be, social clubs? They are trying, uh, they have a pilot program, I believe in Uxbridge for social clubs. I will tell you, I have had some experience with social clubs now that I have visited the island of Jamaica. Nice. And it was quite an experience, let's just say. Um, I, I was just a big social club when I went. That was awesome. Yeah, I, it depends <laughs> on where you are and all this. But, I mean, look, we're in a whole new era right now. As I say all the time, it's a whole new world of weed. Okay? And we're figuring out the ways to incorporate it into our world, into our 21st century society. Well put. It's without... Without making it into as big a deal as a lot of people think it should be, which it isn't. It isn't. That's what regulations are for. Uh, the Gringo logo yep. is pretty awesome. Uh, we, we it, again, all that that's eyeballed. We have to always put underneath it green gold, so Gucci's cool with this, and they're not mad at us. We oh, didn't. Wow. We, we didn't want to um, ever come across. Did you talk to Gucci? Uh, we've had our attorneys. Attorneys. Talk. Yeah. So what they did was to make sure. Um, we don't sell anything with just GG, and we had no idea. I didn't own any Gucci stuff, and my, <laughs> my wife, my son, we're from Maine, you know, and maybe there is Gucci in Maine, but I've been sick for a long time. There was no Gucci in my I'm budget. Sure in Cape Elizabeth. Okay, so, so not me. So, so we had no idea. So the agreement is we always put green gold under our licensed GG, and then they're cool with it. Um, but there's no reason if we go to Jamaica, I just don't get it, and we are going to change this. If you go to Jamaica and you want an Uncle Pete's Relief strain that you've gotten here, because we've had interviews, right? why isn't there a shop there where you can get international cannabis? Yeah. That's not hurting anybody, not trying to overtake the market. I'm right. small, right. Um, but certainly this should be looked at. Um, and same here, we yeah. should be able to have right. an international shelf of, of marijuana cigarettes, right. a different flavors for you to right. enjoy. We're looking at like a microbrewery. We're yeah, looking absolutely. at wines, different wines like Napa Valley. In a tasting area, in a, in a area. place. Exactly right. By the way, at the dispensary, there was a tasting room. I'll admit it. 
That must have been awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> that was cool. It was Absolutely. awesome because it was at night. I was done. I'd worked 12 hours that day. It was a perfect thing to end. Oh, I hope you found a comfy chair and just melted. That's was, what I would have done. Uh, it was a lot. Of, it was quite a quite an experience. All right, so I get the different doses. Okay. I get the capsules. Okay. Walk me through. You, you Behind you is your menu. Yes. Walk us through your menu a little bit and, uh, and talk to us about the different strains that you have. Everything you grow is here. Yeah. You have a three-to-one, I see, CBD. Yes, we do. Um, and you actually have some pre-rolls that are three-to-one CBD? No, those are straight oh, uh, I THC. I see, yeah, I see it. Because those really are, um, people just don't come in to want to pre-roll a CBD in my shop. My patients are all more heavy towards uh, THC. Yep. Uh, I am too. Right. And so uh, if there was a big market for it, of course, I'd have it for my patients available to make them feel better. Well, walk us through the different Okay, ways, the so, different so you see how, they, uh, unless you're colorblind, and one of my, my buddies that works here is colorblind, so every now and then you'll see like a blue in here, and he just misses it, so we all shit on him. But unless you're colorblind, what we have here is green and uh, red and purple. So the green is for hybrids, which are a combinations of sativa or indica. Yep. And then we have sativas, and then on, uh, and then we have purple for indicas. So it's kind of just a quick board to look at, yep. to understand what you're looking for. And then we'll narrow it down, um, like say, um, your stomach hurts and, and, and you, 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 you're vomiting a lot. Well, yep. you're gonna need an indica yep. or a hybrid. Um, and then we'll kind of see which ones work for you and make sure we have it on hand for you. Yeah, so a lot of people are now kind of poo-pooing the sativa and indica thing because of the individual effect on everybody, so that a sativa won't have the same effect on one person as it might another. Do you buy into that? I do to, to some extent, but yeah. there is there are mostly similar traits chemically. There's there's like, um, oh, I forget the name, but but the, the make the difference between sativa and indica. I have the chat over there. I just don't want to say the name wrong, okay. um, but there chemically is a difference. Okay. So when you get into like uh, um, distillate cartridges, um, chemically it's changed. So it's that effect isn't going to do it to you. It's more of the THC in there. Yeah. Um, but right here in the flowering, and that's what the lure for the state of Maine, and I will throw this out to all the growers of Maine, we truly have some of the best flower in the world. It's the water. Uh, we, you know, everybody can go indoors, outdoors, main rocks. We have mountains, we have rivers, we have springs. Mine's on a spring. My well is on a three-foot spring, and we've never ran out. We don't have to do anything but open from the tap. Um, so the lure of Maine and, and the different tastes is everything. It is everything. Uh, we feel we have some of the finest buds in the world, um, and we've been told that as well. Uh, so what we do is make sure that the Agent Orange smells like Agent Orange. And this, this hybrid right alone right here um, helps veterans um, just to sleep, shut their brain off at night. That's simple. They may have trigger words the next day that will, that will bring them back where they are, but at least there'll be a fresh brain from the night before, which is awesome. Because before there was no getting away from the dreams. How do you come up with the names? I know a lot of them are based on where the seed comes from, but how do you come up with these names? Where do the names, how do they originate? So pretty much, they're all just different people that have combined different strands together and come up with some, some really outlandish names. Uh, we don't sell like cat piss. I'm not having an end of life patient paddle book here come down here and I'm gonna have cat piss written up here. Um, some of the doctors we worked with in Oregon and scientists 
um, they're coming up with a DNA coding system. So if you travel and say, say, let's go with Agent Orange because it's on the top of the list, that's your go-to when you come here. You're, you can do your thing now and yeah. you can be productive. Yeah. Oh my God, you got to go to Florida for 10 days. How sick are you going to be? You can't bring that. So where's the dispensary? See if they'll take your Maine or Massachusetts CAD, right? Because that's what we're working on. Right. Yep. So if that's in play and you go into the dispensary and they have Agent Orange, is it really Agent Orange? Right. They don't know. They're growing from seeds that say Agent Orange. Where's the DNA code testing? So there's just a letter on here in a number system. We're fine with whatever you want to call your, your cannabis, but we really want to make it so now we are allowed travel interstate all over the world people can go through their strains so it can be brought down into dissolute so it can be brought down into raws and resin uh, crumbles and different types of uh, scientifically made into capsules so we can have your tailored made for you um, which is what this should be right. um, and, and that's my whole thinking for all this I have to use this every day um, I was smoking 12 joints a day my throat hurt bad in my medicine my cured meds and we kick ass I had to look into doing concentrates and capsules um, and I have to be careful because I have uh, a bad pancreas and liver, I can't digest oils. So it's a fine line with how can I medicate with, with uh, transdermal patches, uh, which is awesome now. Um, and then I use medibles and I use concentrates, barely really small joints unless we're out and, and, and socially having a great time. Uh, Uncle Pete is obviously having a great time after three near-death experiences helping to change an unfair organ donor law and caring for patients all have defined his life so far. But his biggest highlight is living his life, running a business surrounded by his family. Well, yeah, my wife, my wife Tina, I love you. You do all the work, okay? I told you I'd say it. Um, she who must be obeyed. Well, you know what? Quite remarkable for her to quit a job to keep me out of the hospital, you know? And she left a, a good insurance company to take care of me. And um, she realized I couldn't do the transplant and I couldn't do the seedlings. Uh, I, I, my arms are damaged and I couldn't grow. And when she realized that, my son and my daughter-in-law came on and they all came on to be awesome. And we really have good, clean products because they're farmers, you know, and they have a passion to keep me alive. Uh, good family. My whole family does this with Uncle, Uncle Pete's Relief and uh, the Tranch Ranch. And we do, we believe in this, this is right, you know. Um, it's not about just smoking a joint all the time, you know. It's fun, like if it later, it's fun. But try having to do 12 of those a day. It's not fun, the smile goes away. Um, when your whole family quits their job to keep you alive, you don't just take this like, what the hell, you know? Um, you, you, I made a promise to them I'd change this, and I have been. But all credit to them, they type everything. You know, when I go to the state house, um, yeah, it, I'll tell them what I want to say, and then I, I walk away because if I'm over them, no, it's not what I want to say, they'll just shut up. Let me do this. My wife and my son, they're awesome. And there's our attack donkey, Chucky. Attack donkey? Yeah. I love that. He's a little guy. He's like an Angus bull. So how many, what, how big is your, all your property? Uh, we own five acres and my son owns four acres. Uh, he came back from Kansas and built this house over there, uh, pulling oil. So uh, one son is home and we see our grandkids. 
kids. Oh, it's great. It's a home run. So we really are a, a team here. Uh, whether caregivers are under the same business or not, uh, we have our own tax IDs. We're all one fighting to, to stay alive. So, like you'll see tomorrow, I'll see other caregivers, and they're, they're like, hey, because we're all fighting together. Um, and again, like I tell everybody in the cannabis industry that actually sells retail, grows, sells wholesale, um, has patience. Um, a guy that I learned a lot of, he told me, he had a question for me because he figured I'd come up with a smart ass answer. He says, how much cannabis was sold in Maine last year? And he goes, or in the country legally. And I'm like, oh shit. So I'm like, you know, kind of giving it a shot here. And he goes, can I stop you? I'm like, yeah. He goes, every bit of it, every bit of it was sold. Everybody sold it. We're in an industry where there's a demand for people to feel better whether you're sick or not. We're in an industry where alcohol is not getting it done and people are turning towards marijuana for cigarettes for inebriation um, that are healthy. That's okay. We're changing each one. We're, we're right. We changed everything and this is the, the days we're living in, I guess. And you have more than one Boha? Right here? No, just here. Just here. Just here for now. Yeah. You know, eventually I'll, I'll expand. Yep. But for now, this is, I can take care of our patients. Okay. Cool. There was nothing like coming home, you know, and I'm glad I live here. I really do. I love this state. The way buds, buds should, should be. be. <laughs> that Uncle Pete, he's a great guy. Pete Tranchmontaine, Uncle Pete's Relief, is his caregiver company. Sanford, Maine is his home. Green Gold is the clothing line and logo. The way buds should be in the great state of Maine, the way life should be. And Uncle Pete, he's working on life number three. That's it for In the Weeds this week. I'm Jimmy Young. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We Talk Now, We Talk News, and In the Weeds are all available on most major podcast distributors like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our friends at clnsmedia.com and our flagship, cannabis.net. So subscribe, share, and like our videos on all the social media networks out there, including LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, The Weed Tube, and YouTube. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. We are Pro Cannabis Media.